It's great to be, uh, again, back together again. Uh, lots of things going on in our world at the moment and uh, in many of our lives. Um, I wanted an um, interesting topic we've got today. If you just want to... Um, oh, I've realised I've got the clicker. Yeah, okay. Um, I could probably do that. Do you want to bring it up? Yeah, fantastic. So this is our title for today, Asleep on the Job. Um, and uh, we'll start just by, I just want to start by um, turning to, um, if you've got a Bible, you can look it up. But if you're not, don't worry, it's on the screen. Uh, this is um, Mark 4, 35 to 38. It's one of two main passages we're going to look at today. Let's just have a look at this passage. It says, um, they took him along uh, just as he was in the boat. There were other boats with him. A furious squall, squall, waves broke over the boat. It was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, that's the back of the boat for people who don't know, uh, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now, um, we, we obviously know that's not the end of the passage. It's not the end of what happens. More happens after that. But, um, but some, in some way, we have the disadvantage of knowing what happens next, actually. So maybe just sit with that bit up to that point for a second. Doesn't it strike you as very odd behavior by Jesus? What's he like this super ultra heavy sleeper? You know, because, because you sort of don't get, you know, the... The scale of a storm that is so bad that professional fishermen are despairing for their lives, you would think would be a bit of a, you know, prompt to come out of your slumbers. Um, and there are other boats there as well, right? This Mark's version of this account says there are other boats too. So the disciples in their boat and the, the other people in their boat, they're in what, what Luke says is real danger real danger and um, and yet don't you think it's interesting that Jesus didn't when the storm started to, to, to break kind of you just kind of get up and tell it to stop and go back to sleep he didn't do that all that period of time when it was when the storm hit and when things were looking really bleak he was asleep so why did they need that? Why did they need to experience Jesus asleep in the middle of an amazing storm? Interesting, isn't it? Um, so I think it's kind of, if we take our religious spectacles off for a minute, it, it's almost sort of, it, it's kind of pretty unexpected and almost, yeah, frankly, quite inappropriate behavior <laughs> in the situation. Um, but then it got me to thinking, it's, it's not... Um, it's not the only example you can th think of where you know there there is um, sleeping and resting in a uh, or, or behaviour that's unusual to the situation. In Psalm three, uh, the psalmist says, "I lie down, I sleep, I wake again, sustained by the Lord. I will not fear tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side." And again, I am no military strategist, but with tens of thousands on every side. A little nap doesn't seem to me the strategy I would have come for. <laughs> Just to have a nice sleep, it would be great. Um, and, um, you know, Psalm 4 eight again says, I'll lie down and sleep in peace. For you, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. 
Psalm 23, very famous um, shepherd psalm. Uh, and, in, and, and the behavior in there is really interesting as well. You be prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You remember that bit in all the action films where there's a great confrontation with the baddie and the hero sits down and has a burger and chips for a bit. <laughs> Do you remember that? You see, it's, 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 it just seems, you know, what the heck, what is going on? So I want you to hold that as an interesting thing that we're seeing. We're seeing something, a very unusual behavior, and there's a reason for it. Just compare and contrast um, that with, uh, which is a very peaceful, rested kind of thing going on. But I was looking at Psalm 127, verse 2, and it says this well-known well -known passage. Unless the Lord builds a house... The builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand in watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, or as the uh, older translation puts it, eating the bread of anxious toil. Anxious toil. For he grants rest or sleep to those he loves. And again, this is an interesting thing, I think, don't you? That notion of um, building the house speaks of the struggle to develop some things, the struggle to establish yourself. And equally, watching over the city speaks of the struggle to keep what we have and avoid loss. One is a challenge of gain and the other is a fear of loss. And what's being contrasted here as restful sleep and anxious toil. Jesus Asleep in the boat is showing us something. Interesting, eh? So, let's fast forward a bit, shall we? I'm going to fast forward to uh, a time in uh, the early church. This is book of Hebrews. Now, the circumstance here, this was the, this was the main passage I felt to share from this morning. That the circumstance here is that um, the church is facing quite a lot of persecution. And the easiest thing for Christians who came from a Jewish background would be to kind of put aside Jesus and return to being Jews again, worship God that way, rather than sticking with what they'd come to believe. And so there's, there, this is a context of quite a bit of warning. But um, So this is uh, Hebrews 3 from verse 7. The Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. During the time of testing in the wilderness, when your ancestors tested and tried me, for, though for 40 years they saw what I did. That's why I was angry with that generation. I said, the hearts are always going astray and they've not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, none of you has a sinful and believing heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We've come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the end. Then, um, skipping to chapter 4. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because they didn't share the faith of those who obeyed. They didn't mix it with faith. Now we who have believed enter that rest just as God said 
So I declared my oath in anger, they will never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. I like that, somewhere. It's kind of, even the writer doesn't always remember the reference. That's excellent. Uh, <laughs> but it says, on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And then uh, skipping to verse nine. There remains, therefore, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest. So, this is an interesting kind of development of that idea that started off with Jesus asleep in the boat. There is this thing called a God rest. There is a Sabbath rest for the people of God that we can, indeed we must, enter and dwell in. A God rest, a Sabbath rest. So this passage um, that we've just been looking at in Hebrews gives us um, four clues about that. But just before we kind of uh, uh, bring that up, this notion of God rest is interesting. Um, Donald Guthrie is a commentator on Hebrews. And he, write, he wrote this. What believers can now enter is none other than the same kind of rest the creator enjoyed when he'd completed his works. Which means that the rest idea is about completion and not inactivity. I'm going to say that again. The rest idea is about completion, not inactivity inactivity so what does it require then to enter that rest well Hebrews talks about four things and I've made them begin with E just for fun <laughs> the first thing is it does require effort it says make every effort and there's a real sense there of an, a, an urgency and a deliberateness in that in that text it's his will for us it's a, it's a matter of obedience it's not kind of an option it's a, you need to enter this rest and you need to know that you need it. You need to, you need to uh, be intentional about it. So that's the first thing. You think, okay, that's good. I can do that. But the second thing is interesting is that we need encouragement. And that's not to say be encouraged. It's actually, it says we need to encourage one another. And And again, that's a critical thing because you might think that you can do Christianity as a solo pursuit, but that's not really what the Bible teaches. We're part of, you're part of a people. If you want to belong to Christ, you're part of the people of God. And we're going to need each other. Yeah, because if not, we won't have the courage. We need to be encouraged. Because actually stuff happens in life, and, you know, we get a down about it. And in fact, this passage also talks about being hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And so our heart, we can end up feeling hardened when actually what we really need is to be encouraged. And that means, again, this great word, uh, the word encouragement here means parakaleo, which um, is a very suspiciously close word to the word that Jesus uses about the Holy Spirit as one who will come alongside us, one who will be with us and urge us and comfort us and encourage us. So we need to be a bit like the Holy Spirit to each other. Um, what did the Holy Spirit do? Well, he hung out with, 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 he said, what will he be? He'll be with you. There's a thing about hanging out with each other. Explaining, yes, reminding, being alongside. 
So this is a real encouragement to, to kind of say, well, we're going to need each other's help. Just lifting our eyes, just consoling one another when things are tricky. And together, that will keep our hearts from being hardened by sin's deceitfulness, actually. And so we're going to need that. It's not optional. And the third thing, the third E is engage. We need to engage with God. And this says today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. How do we respond to the voice of God? We can have a hard-hearted response if we've been hardened. We can feel bitter. Or we can have a tender-hearted response. We can have an open-hearted response. And there's always a choice whenever we have a sense of the word of God. There's always a choice when we sense God's voice. We can close off, stiffen up, think I'm all right, I'll be okay. Or we can open up. And that's the third key, is that we'll engage. Because God will speak. God is speaking even today. God is speaking maybe even right now. And the fourth thing we have to do is we have to end something. It says in that passage, you know, if we enter that his rest, just like God rested from his works, we have to rest from our works as well. We have to surrender. We have to give up on the struggling and striving to look good, to feel good, to be right, to be better than others, to be acceptable in in, in, in our sense of what we understand acceptable to be, to earn somehow, to earn God's acceptance. You might think, just kind of bringing things, things a bit to a close, you might think it's a little bit odd to be looking at rest. Because, you know, on the one hand, we've had like, we've had like a two-month break, so surely if you're ever going to be rested, surely you'll be rested by now. Had the nice summer. On the other hand, you might have been caught up in the floods and frankly you've been working your socks off to kind of sort things out and, and rest seems a very long way away. But but this is this message is just a reminder, it's a refresher to remember and follow through on what we've been learning. Remember what we were looking at last year. Come to me all who are weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Again, in 2023, as we start the new year, God's saying to us, we need to enter his rest. John Piper said this, said, whenever there are people whose hearts are not fretful or anxious in a resentful or in a resentful frenzy, but instead have a tranquility of heart and a kind of peace and abandon in which they take thought for others' concerns instead of being wound up in their own. Whenever there are people like that, the world sits up and takes notice. And rightly so, because in all likelihood, something out of this world is at work there. Something that people everywhere are hungry for. And um, I just want to uh, also read from, uh, uh, this is a, a, a somebody, um, a guy called Dave Perry from Canada, who I know and love very well. Um, and it's talking, circling back to that passage uh, that we read at the start. Jesus in the boat the rest of a man who trusts God that is what we see in the sleeping Christ and we see more than that we see as well the rest of God himself it's the rest of someone totally at rest 
totally in control. At the end of the Genesis creation week, God, having subdued the seas by his command, let the water be gathered and let the dry ground appear, takes a day off. He rested from all his work. This rest is not the rest of fatigue, but of effortless rule. The Lord sits enthroned above the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. And in Mark 4, in the midst of the storm, God's anointed son rests. A crisis for us is not a crisis for him. Compare his reaction to the storm to his response to the leper in Mark's opening chapter. There Jesus is moved with compassion. Um, and that, that, that word means, uh, has a sense of being an intense inner reaction on the part of Jesus. He's spiritually and emotionally moved. But in the storm, in what the disciples think is a crisis, Jesus is unmoved. He is sound asleep. When the seas rise up, the one who rules over chaos rests. So why was Jesus at rest? Well, time for a really profound insight. This is, this is, what, you, this is what you come for. Um, Mark chapter 4 comes after Mark chapter 1. About three chapters after it. In Mark chapter 1, uh, it says, uh, at that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John. And as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven opened. And the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. In you I am well pleased. He was then as at rest as much when he fed the 5,000 and when he debated the Pharisees. And when he overturned the money changers uh, tables in the temple. As he was when he was asleep at the back of the boat. He had what Tozer calls the rest of self-forgetfulness. And as he hung on the cross, Jesus uttered that word, it is finished, tetelestai. Now, um, last century, um, some archaeologists made an amazing discovery. They found a bunch of what appeared to be ancient invoices from Roman times and not. And every one was the word written, tetelestai, 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 paid in full. Paid in full, it is finished. Nothing more to pay. His work is complete. And we can know that same voice from heaven saying, you are mine, my beloved. You might be like the disciples this morning, full of consternation at God who seems to be asleep on the job in the storm of your situation. You might be feeling the anxiety that it all depends on you. Either way, today, Hear his voice. And let's also embrace it's more than about just us as individuals. Let's enter as the people of God together the Sabbath rest that God has for us in this year in how we do church, in how we do life together. Not inactive, but unanxious. Living in the completed work of Christ. Living under the smile of God. Today, if you hear his voice, respond with a tender heart and a settled intent to accept once again all that Jesus has done for you. Why don't we just stand together and pray?